since the United States Supreme Court overturned the constitutional right to abortion, there has been a a battle raging between pro-life and pro-choice groups. The latest is in a federal district court in Texas. At stake is access to one of the drugs routinely used in medication abortion. And the judge's decision could jeopardise access to the pill, not just in Texas, but across the whole country. Stephen Vladek is a professor of constitutional law at the University of Texas in Austin, and he joins us this morning. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. So the Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine has lodged the case. What are they arguing? Uh, So the basic argument is they're attacking the approval way back in 2000 by the Federal Food and Drug Administration of mifepristone, of one of the two drugs that is such a vital component of medication abortion. And their argument is that after and in light of the U.S. Supreme Court's decision last June to eliminate a federal constitutional right to abortion, there's no longer a justification for the Federal Food and Drug Administration to have approved on a nationwide basis a drug that helps to facilitate a procedure that's now illegal in 22, 23 states. Um, And so based on that, they're basically trying to have the courts revisit whether mifepristone now should still be available in light of the Supreme Court's decision in Dobbs. So if they are successful, what impact might the ruling have both in Texas, but also for the rest of the country? Yeah, it could be seismic, Patricia. I mean, so the We've had a phenomenon in the United States federal courts in the last five or 10 years of a great uptick of what are called nationwide injunctions. Um, The basic idea is that a a single federal judge in any one of our 94 district courts um, could reach out and order a defendant, in this case, the Food and Drug Administration, to take action on a nationwide basis or to not take action on a nationwide basis in a way where a single judge in here, Amarillo, which is the 16th largest city in Texas, um, could actually be leading to mifepristone no longer being available in New York and Los Angeles and Seattle. Um, And that would be, of course, a cataclysm for women of childbearing age. Okay, so the litigation has been filed in a, in a city called Amarillo, which has no clear link to the case, and all lawsuits that go to that district will be heard by one judge. Can you explain that to me, This the, the significance of this particular judge? Yeah, so you know the judge who's here in this case is named Matthew Kaczmarek. He was appointed by President Donald Trump in 2019. Before he was a federal judge, he was the deputy uh, counsel for a group called the First Liberty Institute, which is a very right-wing, anti-abortion, pro-religious liberty uh, group. Um, And so I think the the mindset has been, the assumption has been, that the plaintiffs bringing this case, the plaintiffs trying to have this drug revoked, um, chose Amarillo for a reason, and that's to exploit another quirk in American litigation procedure, where um, by filing an Amarillo, they had a 100% chance of having this particular case assigned to this particular judge. So it's a combination of the growth of power of all individual federal judges in the United States and the ability in this particular case of these plaintiffs to actually handpick the judge who's going to decide on a nationwide basis whether mifepristone should or should not still be available. So basically a gaming of the system. 
Oh, absolutely. It's a gaming of the system um, in a way that, frankly, I think is worse than, you know, I, I, I think folks are used to lawyers gaming systems, forum shopping, where you try to pick a court where you're likely to get a relatively more favorable ruling or a more favorable jury pool. That's an inevitable feature of just about all common law legal systems. What really has become an issue in U.S. courts in the last 10 years is the combination of judge shopping, where the rules allow for this kind of manipulation of handpicking a particular judge, and the increasing power of any of the judges who are picked. And it's those two things together that are why so many folks are watching what's happening in Amarillo with such bated breath. The abortion pill now accounts for more than half of all pregnancy terminations in the U.S., so how can a case decided in Texas? I mean, you've already explained a bit of this, but it just seems remarkable that a case decided there would have such far-reaching consequences. It's remarkable, and I don't think it's something that anyone ever intended. I mean, I think the the rise of what are, of these nationwide injunctions is a relatively recent phenomenon, and it started in the context of immigration law, where the idea was that it just wouldn't make sense for the relevant rules for immigration to be different along the Texas-Mexico border than along the Arizona-Mexico border or along the California-Mexico border. And so, you know, you can imagine in that context the arguments for having one rule to govern the entire country. But where we're talking about something like this, where it's not a border, but where it's about the access to a particular drug for millions of Americans, Patricia, in states that have different rules, about whether medication abortions are or are not lawful, it really does seem rather remarkable that we haven't um, closed this loophole, that we have allowed these kinds of injunctions to persist. And one of the things that does is it means that when Judge Kaczmarek rules, there will be an enormous rush to take the case up first to the federal appeals court in New Orleans and ultimately and perhaps rather quickly to the US Supreme Court in Washington. What's the timeline on this case? When is it likely to be heard? Yeah, I mean, so the 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 pleadings are in, the briefs have been filed. I think the expectation is that Judge Kaczmarek is likely to rule, you know, sometime between, frankly, today um, and early next month. Um, there's no guarantee, there's no requirement that he rule by a date certain. But I think the, the expectation is it will be sooner rather than later. And if he does block mifepristone either entirely or at least in some meaningful respect, I think that's going to provoke an enormous, one, backlash, but two, um, hustle on the part of the Biden administration to appeal that ruling and to try to get it frozen and ultimately reversed as quickly as possible. Okay. So just just on that, uh, do we know what's been the sense from the Biden administration so far? Um, I mean, they have dug in their heels on this. Um, you know, they're they're fighting this case tooth and nail in the federal district court in Amarillo. Um, my sense is that they are also ready, if necessary, to appeal as quickly as possible. Um, but to some degree, their hands are tied um, by the fact that the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, is at least somewhat independent of the White House. Um, that you know, for all of the charges of political interference. Um, in independent agencies, you know, the Biden administration, for better or for worse, has largely let the FDA alone. Um, and so one of the questions here is not just what the Biden administration is going to do, but what the Food and Drug Administration will do if it is subject to an adverse ruling from Judge Kaczmarek. Will it immediately comply 
Um, will it try to find a way around that ruling? What guidance will it provide to pharmacists? Um, and so I think that's going to be something really that we're going to have to watch for very carefully in the first days you know, after a decision. Thank you so much for explaining it so well for us, Stephen. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Stephen Vladek is a professor of constitutional law at the University of Texas. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.